You are about to listen to episode 10 of Meet Mediocrity. Wow, 10 episodes and I'm still here. Today's conversation is another fun conversation with an old friend of mine named Tommy. Tommy has always been a really strong swimmer and he's also a physical therapist. Tommy's athleticism and his work experience provide us some unique perspectives that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you. So let's get started. Oh, hello. It is your host, Mediocre Mitch, working hard to stay positive as we continue to be in the midst of the global COVID-19 crisis. I'm continuing to have people tell me that they are enjoying and appreciating Meet Mediocrity as a positive platform and also as a distraction. So I guess we are going to keep on going for now. Today's conversation is with one of my oldest and dearest friends named Tommy. Tommy and I met over 40 years ago. We were 10 or 11 years old at the time. Wow. I'm totally getting old. Actually, Tommy and I are both getting old. Anyway, Tommy's a lifelong swimmer and a runner. He's done triathlons. He's done marathons. And he's done very challenging hikes. He's also a physical therapist, so he brings a unique perspective on how fitness and recovery intersect. There are a ton of areas I can cover in today's conversation. So without further delay, here is my talk with my good friend, Tommy. So, Tommy, thanks for being with me. Pleasure to be here, Mitch. (laughs) I'm laughing already because... uh, of all of the podcast guests I'm likely to have on Meet Mediocrity, Tommy is my oldest friend by far. We met each other when we were like, what, 12? Sixth grade. Yeah, sixth uh, grade. Uh, yeah. So maybe 11, year, 11 years old. And we share a common love of, well, it started with swimming, right? Yep, absolutely. And uh, we both managed to continue swimming and being active all the way through our mid-50s. <clears throat> yeah. So just just so everyone understands, uh, Tommy was the star of our swim team. I was the mediocre guy on the swim team. <laughs> well, uh, maybe one of the stars. <laughs> so Tommy was one of the stars on the swim team, and I was one of the mediocre people on the swim team. Although I do remember the year that uh, I won the most improved swimmer. Yes. And um, I think that my biggest cheerleader when I got the most improved swimmer was Tommy. So, Tommy, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. So let's, let's if you can, tell us a little bit about, okay, we've, we've, we've already covered high school. Let's, let's move past high okay. school. Okay, yes. Um, tell me a little bit about how you've remained an active, you know, swimmer, runner, cycler, hiker tell me a little bit about your journey yeah okay well um we were pretty regimented in high school we had a a pretty demanding coach and uh you know four years uh, i ended up swimming probably 12 months out of the year you know during those years 
So then you go up to college, and I didn't swim for the first couple of years in college. I swam as a transfer student. But what happens is you're used to that routine and that discipline that um, that an exercise program gives you. So, you know, I'd be in my college dorm doing push-ups and sit-ups and, you know, running around the campus and that kind of a thing. And um, it just, it was just something that became just part of who I was, just, you know, four years of that and then transferring over to, uh, you know, to a state school swimming on that team. Uh, it just became... Uh, part of my regular routine. And I also learned uh, probably in my early 20s that it was it was really beneficial for me to uh, for stress reduction and to uh, to sort of keep myself calm that the water was great for that. And I used to swim over at a local community college even when I wasn't competing on a team. So after you graduated and you finished your collegiate swimming, you continued to swim? Yes. And did you continue to swim just like laps by yourself? Did you join a swim team? What did you do? Nope, just did laps by myself when I could get them in. And then I had lifeguarded for uh, many years, a uh, summer job. Even when I had other jobs, just, you know, different, uh, different schedules, I always kind of kept that as a connection. So I would compete originally in lifeguard tournaments. And then as the triathlon races started to sprout up, there was one locally and uh, grabbed a cheap bike, which I thought was so cool, and, uh, and started doing just an annual triathlon, uh, one per year. When did that start? 1990, I think. 1990, so that was still a long time ago. Not for, you know, you and I are, are old folks, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> 1990, so we started swimming. Um, when did you start doing other things? So you, you, triathlon, you went from swimming to swimming, cycling, and running. How did, you, how did that evolve? Yeah, so I think I mentioned, you know, that I would just run around campus uh, at Oswego and, and uh, do that just, just to kill some nervous energy and to take a break from for the regular school activities. And, um, and then the biking was just buying a bicycle for one race, basically. And, okay. and I was more or less a summer rider. And I, I, I kind of still am. I mean, maybe May through September. Okay. And, you know, so the, the swimming and the running has stayed with me, but the biking is purely, I, I mean, I, I like being outside, but it's mostly to, to, um, prepare for triathlons. So it's interesting. So triathlons. So did you, so I mentioned on an earlier podcast that I did my first half Ironman triathlon last year as an enormous challenge. There are lots of lengths of triathlons. So I know you've done a full Ironman. So, how did that evolve? Did you did you do that your first time? Did it take a while to build up to that? How did you get there? No, I uh, never had a desire, you know, to do an Ironman. I couldn't even wrap my head around that whole thought of twelve hours of exercises and sitting on a bicycle for six hours. It just that was an absolute no for the first twenty years that yeah. I did triathlons. Twenty years. So you, oh, yeah. twenty years you did triathlons, but didn't do a full. Ironman triathlon. Those yeah, first like 20 tw over 20, like 23, something oh, like wow. that. Oh, yeah. wow. I feel better. Yeah. I feel better. <laughs> I'm sitting yeah. here wondering, uh, okay, you've been doing triathlons for a year and a half. You need to do an Ironman. Yeah. No, I didn't even entertain it. Like, it would cross my mind never more than two minutes. And then I'd say, no freaking way. <laughs> and then um, the year I was 48, turning 49. I heard about, you know, the Lake Placid Triathlon and that if you are interested in doing it, you should probably volunteer. And 
I think, you know what? I actually did. I worked with somebody at the YMCA as a part-time job who had done one. Okay. And he is definitely what I would consider a mediocre athlete. Just like me. Oh, <laughs> can you introduce me? <laughs> but an incredible guy. Uh, uh -huh. You know, he was a reformed alcoholic, and I just really liked hearing about his journey to Ironman. And then I said to myself, ah, you're turning 50 next year. Why not go for something big? Huh? And just like that. And, uh, you know, because I was thinking about it for more than those two to three minutes, I, I thought maybe, maybe I will do this thing. 110% uh, support from my wife uh, really helped. You totally need support. Yeah. Not just, not just moral support, but if your family doesn't buy into it, the time commitment can really create stress. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and you know, our girls were pretty young when I did it, too, so uh, um, probably like seven and eight or something like that. So uh, anyhow, so you know, I really needed, needed my wife to be on board, and she was. So you did the Lake Placid full Ironman triathlon in 2014? Yes. So just, okay, so in 2014. So have you done another one since then? No. Um, actually, it was, it was really, truly one of the best experiences of my life. We rolled it into a family vacation. We hiked, we paddleboarded, uh, off-road biking. It was, it was wonderful after the race, of course. And um, I really don't think I could have improved upon the experience. And I, you know, I, I didn't really feel like I wanted to put that kind of time into exercise again. So I, I was delighted the way it turned out and put that one to bed. So you went out on top as in terms, at least in terms of full Ironman. But um, so do you still do triathlons? Yes. Uh, I've cut back on the number of races that I do. Um, I, you know, it's my lifestyle. I, I swim three days a week. I run, I run three to four days a week and the bike, like I said, seasonal. So, um, I'm a triathlete, but I don't compete as much. And, um, do you do, well, actually I know the answer. So why should I ask it as a question? You do other things other yes. than triathlons to stay active. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Well, um, in terms of active, my job is very, very active. I'm a, a physical therapist in a, an acute rehab setting. And uh, I'm a pretty avid hiker. Uh, more recently, a lot of hiking in the Adirondacks and up in Baxter Park in Maine. Um, but in my tw late 20s, early 30s, I, I really did the National Park Circuit. I did a lot of um, beautiful hikes uh, as a solo hiker and with some hiking groups. And um, I think moving forward, I want to start looking into other hikes on my bucket list. So, well, first, before I go there, what do you have? Tell me about like the first hike that comes to your mind as a bucket list hike. Well, one I did last year, so it's no longer on the bucket list, but um, it's called Knife's Edge in Baxter State Park in Maine. Okay. And it's killer. Um, okay. It's physically demanding because it's a lot of scrambling hands and feet, but it's very exposed, really sheer drop-offs. And although you don't need, um, you know, a harness and ropes, you can't be faint of heart. <laughs> so, uh, which I didn't realize until I got to the knife's edge that I am a little. And um, no, it was it was incredible. But um, but it's definitely uh, you know it definitely is a knee knocker. Amazing. Um, yeah. So it's funny. I was in Lake Tahoe on vacation about a year ago, and my wife and I did a mountain bike um, ride, and I can't remember what it was called um 
I should know this. The Flume Trail okay. in Lake, Lake Tahoe. Talk about fate upon I'm like, they let people do this? <laughs> like, if you look if you look left and your bike goes left, you're dead. I'm like, how do people do this? Incredible. And, yeah. and, and so it's funny because my wife and I came back from, from that bike ride. And the thing that was, my wife said, the thing that was most sore were her hands from gripping the handlebars so tightly because <laughs> it was that, that nerve-wracking. So um, I'm with you on that. So you mentioned you're a physical therapist. I know you're a physical therapist. And so I want to take, you're obviously very athletic. You've done a lot of things. You've accomplished a lot. You still train a lot, even for fun. But let's bring this back to regular folks, right? As a physical therapist, you deal with people who are, are either disabled or injured or have been in terrible accidents or, or they're, they're, they're older and they're losing, losing skill. So I'd like to try to bake down or break down being an active person because this isn't about, this isn't a triathlon podcast. This right. is an ordinary mediocre person podcast. Right, that's right. So ordinary mediocre people who are sitting there saying, I can't do a triathlon. I can't exercise for more than 30 minutes. But Tommy, you've seen a lot as a physical therapist. So tell me a little bit about your experiences helping people and some advice you might give to someone who doesn't know where to start and how it might help them, God forbid, as they get older or get injured or something. So yeah. can we go there? Sure. So um, just in terms of outcomes with the patients that I work with, uh, I work with a variety of diagnoses, everything from neurologically based patients with uh, tumor resections maybe in their brain or strokes, um, complicated uh, surgeries with... Um, with patients requiring, you know, close monitoring. And across the board, the patients who really bounce back and recover better are those who had a baseline level of activity. Um, across the ages, really. It's not just, you know, we're, you know, Mitch and I are, we're in our mid-50s, but uh, older patients, too. When patients say they were walking every day, they were uh, participating in a some type of exercise routine, they consistently do better than patients who were very inactive and um, also just lifestyle choices too. everything from smoking to uh, nutrition and you know uh, body habitus makes a big difference for you know just mobility and uh, so across the board how you take care of yourself definitely translate to translates to a better recovery after a big medical setback so I was so it's funny. So the reason, and I mentioned this on an earlier episode, one of the reasons that I ended up even doing this podcast was I tend to be a typical A-type overachieving personality. I do a half Ironman. I'm like, when am I doing an Ironman? Um, <laughs> in fact, I was so happy to hear that you've only done one and that you have no desire to do another and that it took you 20 years to even do that one. I feel so much better. Oh, that's good. Um, because I was... But that he, I could help. <laughs> but 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 um one of the premises i had was after doing that half iron man i lost a lot of my motivation and one of the things that i observed were some older people who i know who went through some older life challenges and were able to rebound better because of the 
active lifestyle that they lived. And I'm like, you know, Mitch, you don't need to do an Ironman next year. You just need to keep doing something. So for, for people who are at that point in their journey where they, they were active, they just can't get motivated. You know, you've seen a lot. Like, where would you tell that person to start? Like, what should they do to just get started? Thoughts on that? Get started in terms of activities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I walk, get out of that rut. Yeah. Get out of that Obviously, rut. you know, and any literature you read says walking is one of the best exercises you can do. Um, low impact, um, you know, just great cardiac uh, benefits. But I think, I think one thing in terms of just to touch on the motivation part that you had said, you know, let's face it. I'm in my mid fifties. I've seen my best running race times that I've ever done. I've seen my fastest swim times. So, you know, what sort of fuels you to keep going? And, you know, to me, uh, one, one reason for motivation or one, one motivator for me is I know that I actually do my job better with exercise. You know, I start my day usually exercising before work and, you know, here I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be motivating patients to get out of bed and get moving and get going. And so that requires a lot of energy. And, um, I see it for sure. Like I couldn't do my job as well if I didn't exercise. So, you know, I've, I'm not necessarily exercising to, with the intention to do my best times ever. You know, I still look at the numbers. I still look at the stats, but I feel like I know that when I exercise, I'm going to be able to keep my job as a, as a physical therapist, which is which which is very physically demanding, longer and be good at it longer. So that's that's for sure um, one piece of it. Does that answer your question? It does. Yeah, and, and, and some. A, and thank goodness, thank goodness, Mitch, because otherwise I had no idea what you're talking about. Um, but so there's two things that I heard there. One, so exercise gives you energy throughout a demanding job, right? Yes. But, but it, does it, I assume does it gives you physical energy, mental energy too. Yes. yes? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just, myself, I absolutely am better able to deal and organize things when I, when I feel like I have had that outlet. And, um, it's funny because I have, uh, you know, two teenage daughters and I can see the change in them, you know, before they go to practice sometimes and even after. And they're both swimmers. They're both swimmers. Okay, of course. Of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can really tell, you know, when the younger one who tends to be, um, you know, just just in, sort of in the throes of the early adolescent stage, when she comes home from practice, she's got a bounce in her step. She just looks just... Calm and happy, you know, so. So let me, so we're, requ we're recording this podcast um, in the kind of, I don't know where it is, but we're, we're in the middle of dealing with this coronavirus scare. And I recorded a podcast um, that was, that's already out there that talked about the fact that being focused on your wellness during a time of anxiety will help you get through the will help you get through the anxious moments. I feel like that's kind of what you're saying here, right? Yeah. I mean, just exercising keeping your mental game on is, is they're really linked. Definitely. Definitely. Um the other thing I heard you say that 
I think is great and I need to do a better job of this is like my best times are behind me right in terms of in terms of speed yeah yeah in terms of speed yeah so speed doesn't really need to be and, and look it sounds obvious but I'm, I'm not that great at it speed does not need to be your only measure of success no no I mean the thing is exercise is very tied into me personally my identity and who I am and and who I want to be so you know, and this is probably something now I'm five years post the Ironman. I'm, you know, I've, like I said, I think I've probably done my fastest races. Doesn't mean I don't want to do good races. <laughs> it doesn't mean that, you know, that, um, that I don't want to do well. It's just that it's better for me to sort of say in the morning when I'm up at five o'clock to say, I'm going to get up and if, if it's slow, it's slow, it's, but I got to get up and do it. And what happens most of the time for me is I get up and it's not as slow as I'm imagining it's going to be. Once I get going, maybe that first, that first three or four minutes, it's like draggy feet. And then it's not as bad as I imagined, but you know, it's just the idea that, and if it is slow, it's okay. Cause I'm 55 <laughs> and it, you know, and you know, it's, it's what I could do that day. Well, it's interesting you should say this because I struggle. First of all, I struggle getting started every day, but I do. I get started most days. But the other thing, and it's interesting, I heard this on another podcast, this whole concept of stop being so hard on yourself, especially as it relates to time, because there are so many circumstances that can impact your time. And, and so like for me, I'm starting to be a little bit kinder to myself. Like it, it, whether it's the weather, whether you're running uphill versus downhill, whether you slept the night before recovery sl- time where you, yep. All, all of things. that. Yeah, yeah. Stress levels. Yep. So like, I don't know much about this, but like you have cortisol in your body. Yep. You can't move as quickly. Yeah. Like, yeah. For sure. Apparently that's a thing. But, um, yeah. So I like what you said there, Tommy, because I feel like being a little bit kinder to yourself and doing something Versus worrying about your time. Yeah. Over, is, well, we, you know, all throughout our lifespan, you know, how tall are you? How, you know, how fast do you run? What was your grades? You know, we, we, we're in a culture that really likes to measure things. And, you know, at this stage of my life, it's it's more or less like, hey, I'm still living the lifestyle. I identify with, with doing all of this and I enjoy it very much. So participate at more than necessarily put everything into where what place am I going to come in and, and how fast I'm going to do it. So before I ask you for some parting thoughts, I just, I, I just want to kind of reiterate what you just said, because that's a little bit what me- mediocrity is all about. Doing something and participating is so much better than not doing anything. And as you said earlier, like later in life, stuff's going to happen. And being active today is going to be, get you better prepared for dealing with that stuff tomorrow. So, Tommy, any parting thoughts that you might have for, you know, just all of us as we're thinking about kind of what we're going to do tomorrow to stay active? I think, you know, I think you need to do what you love and do what you enjoy and the way you do. So if it's running by yourself for a little solace, a little peace of mind, do it. If If you're going to run maybe... Uh, and, and want that company. I know my wife really is more motivated when she exercises with friends or groups. She's not one to get out, put, you know, put a pair of shoes on or do something by herself. She'll, she's more motivated by, by company. Uh, do it. 
I had a patient uh, last week who said, we need to turn the music on. Uh, and you tell me what you want me to do, but I need to do it with music. And I kind of need to dance when I do it. I said, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever is going to, you know, help you enjoy the, the process and keep you more active for longer, do it. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Okay, thanks for having me. And um, I'm going to turn off the mic, but I want to catch up with you a little more. It's been a while. Sounds so, great. great. Thanks, Sounds Tommy. Great. Okay. Take care. So let me share three observations from today's conversation. First, I love the fact that as an athlete, Tommy isn't always looking to one-up himself. You have to understand, Tommy is an incredibly strong and talented athlete. If he wanted to, he can certainly be chasing personal records, age group podium finishes in swimming, marathons, and triathlons. And he could certainly be looking to comp compete in multiple full-length triathlons. He could probably even do ultra-distance races. But no, instead, Tommy seems to focus on having good events, which includes feeling good about his effort on a given day, without focusing as much on time and finishing place. And to Tommy, good events also means having a good time and an enjoyable experience. He enjoys the moment and really gets the most out of it. So that was my first learning. The second learning this is that fitness today equals a healthier life tomorrow. So Tommy told us, as a physical therapist, he has seen a number of people needing acute physical therapy, either arising from sickness or injury or age-related setbacks. And he mentioned how he consistently sees patients rebound quicker, better, and stronger when they come to their setback having previously been in good physical shape. Way back, like almost eight weeks ago, maybe it's more like seven or six weeks ago, but way back in Meet Mediocrity episode one, I spoke about my own wellness journey and I said that I wanted to be the best version of myself today, but also tomorrow. And I came away from my conversation with Tommy today even more sure that today's wellness activities will foster both today's and tomorrow's wellness. The third and final thing I learned today is Man, I miss hanging out with Tommy. Like, he was one of my best friends in middle school and high school. We met in elementary school in sixth grade. But we had a great time together. After I finished recording the podcast, we hung out for like another hour and a half, catching up on family, catching up on what we're doing, and, and reminiscing about old times. So that was my third learning today. So anyway, here's the finale or the wrap up. If you enjoy Meet Mediocrity, please subscribe and tell your friends to please subscribe to the podcast. And please follow our daily posts on at Meet Mediocrity on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And let me ask you a favor. If you like our posts, please click like, comment on them, and share them with your friends. And last but not least, until next time. This has been your host, Mediocre Mitch, wishing you to stay happy, stay positive, stay healthy, keep smiling, and be well. Take care.